What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Mike Dolce Show. Today in studio, we have my good friend, Mr. Dan Cox. Now, Dan is a triathlete, which a list of uh, list of credentials. He's a triathlete. He's an Ironman competitor. Did you actually do the Ironman? I did a Ironman, correct. Did a Ironman. A Ironman. I, I, you're going to have to school me because I'm no a little worries. naive to this. I'm just fucking blown away at the swim itself. Yeah. I would have drowned at like 200 yeah. feet in. Um, Former contestant on The Bachelorette. Bachelorette and uh, Bachelor in Paradise. And look at you. All right, which is outside of your character, but you do so well. Thank you. It was funny because I'd be in the gym lifting. I'm like, look at this motherfucker on TV with the pearly whites and the perfect hair. (laughs) Gotta stay relevant. Yeah, (laughs) which is awesome. And we'll talk about that a little bit. Um, But also, you know, I know you primarily now through fitness. I mean, what you've done in the fitness world is fucking amazing. It's inspiring. And I think to share some of your story story with, with our, our audience, they're really going to appreciate just kind of hearing that. But really, let's, let's talk about the triathlon. Okay. How old are you? Like, where, who, yeah. who says I want to fucking run and swim and nearly die on a bike? So it's funny. So I grew up swimming, which is not the ideal kind of background to have when you're a triathlete, okay. contrary to prior relief. So j- just as a background, swimming is the smallest portion of any kind of triathlon, smallest okay. time-wise. But everyone freaks out about it because it's the unknown for most people. Uh, but I grew up swimming and uh, um, and kind of got out of it through college and um, and then, you know, obviously started my career and, um, and and just really didn't really get back into swimming at all. And I had an opportunity with the company I worked for to do a charity bike race uh, for Best Buddies. And so I just thought this was a cool opportunity and, you know, I haven't done any cardio in a while. Let's jump on a bike. <laughs> Why not? So, uh, um, so I asked if I could do it. They said no problem. Raise some money for best buddies, and and you could do it. So, I figured if I'm going to do this, I'm going to go you know full bore. So I went out, found a bike, started riding the bike, and kind of enjoyed it. And uh, and I just thought to myself like, well, if there if I'm doing this, if I'm doing this kind of training, and there's a sport called triathlon, and I grew up swimming, all I got to do now is run, right? And and running's a how old are you about? I'm probably it was probably I was. Ah, maybe 29. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And so, so yeah, it was old a, enough to know better. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right. And, and I assumed that running was a normal human function, right? Like you literally, <laughs> yeah. if you're being chased by something, you run. Sure. Um, I didn't realize there was actually a technique behind it. So I literally, my buddy who I trained with considered me like Andre the giant because I just, I had no form. And, uh, um, and it took a while to kind of learn the ropes about the correct biking form, the correct running form. And I had swimming down. But it was one of those things. It was like, why not? Why not give it a try? I like pushing myself. And I'd always just exercise, but never had anything to, to go towards. Sure. Um, so, uh, so yeah, I started training. Did my first one out here in Vegas. Um, it was an Olympic distance. Okay. And, uh, um, and loved it and literally signed up for one the next month. What is an Olympic distance? So an Olympic distance triathlon is basically, it's almost a mile swim. Uh, and then you're looking at a 26-mile uh, bike and then a seven-mile run, roughly. Okay. Um, so, so, you know, it's, it's, and that's what they do in the Olympics. That's the distance they do. Okay. Um, for most people, sprint triathlon, um, and I actually never have done one, um, but it's about half that, each of those lengths. Okay. Um, and that's where most people start. Um, but I'd say, honestly, if anyone's interested, an Olympic is very, very doable, uh, and if you train right for it. Um, <laughs> and so, it, it really, and, and, and the crazy thing is, if you ever go to a triathlon, yeah. you will see people of every walks of life. I mean, you'll see amputees, wow. you'll see overweight people, right? And it's, um, it's a tighter community than just like the marathon or half marathon community. Cause a lot of those are people that just, it's a bucket list thing. They want to check in and get it sure. done. 
to get into the sport of triathlon, there's a little more investment. Um, you're a little more well-rounded, right? You're spending time in the pool, on the bike, you know, running, doing strength training. Um, so it takes someone, it takes a little more commitment than yeah. just getting a pair of running shoes and going out and doing it. Um, so, it, it, but it's a very cool community. So I, I kind of, it was one of those things. It was just, it was exciting. It was new. So after I did my first Olympics, signed up for another one the next month. Um, and then, you know, continued to do some Olympics, then finally did some half distance, uh, and then did a full Ironman. And, uh, and what's a full Ironman? So a full Ironman is about two and a half mile swim, a 112 mile bike, and then a 26 mile run. So a marathon. Holy after. shit. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's one of those things when you talk about it, it sounds, it sounds ridiculous. Like why? why it's ridiculous. Anyone, it, it is ridiculous. But once you start kind of training once you're in that world yeah and like i said that community is so cool and and uplifting once you do a half it's like well of course like the next thing i'm gonna do is a full yeah. um and so it just became something that was you know i was kind of infatuated with and, and just wanted to go after it and so and i did it and yeah i felt it was interesting what year was that <laughs> that was i believe that was in 2013 uh yeah into 13 or maybe 14 so in that and if mm-hmm. you can remember what was your average mile in the marathon, which is the final leg final of the leg. Ironman? Yeah, yeah. I was running. I believe I was running about um, high eights, wow. um, so like eight fifties. Um, which now, like looking at my training and what I know now, I mean, I, that, that would, it just seems so slow to me. Like it almost seems like like how could you even run that slow, you know? Yeah. And it, and it's it's progression. And that's a cool thing about triathlon too. It's all you're fighting against yourself. Yeah. Because um, when you get out of the water. You literally have no idea who started before you, who started after you. It's all staggered. When you're on your bike, you know, people are passing you, you're passing other people. There's no kind of, uh, there's no, here's number one, here's number two, here's number three. Yeah. Uh, because of the staggered starts, the age groups, men and women start different times. Um, so wow. you really are, it is a, it's a mental mind game and you're, you're literally fighting your own numbers, basically. And is there any sort of relay from somebody on your team saying, hey, Dan, you're 17th right now? Is, no, okay. Nothing. I, yeah, yeah. Okay. No, no, I didn't mean to laugh about it. But yeah, there's, you're literally, especially on the full Ironman, like you're, you're on the moon, man. You're, there's there's points gotcha. where you don't okay. see someone for an hour. Wow. Um, and that's why it's so nice having people come and cheer and volunteers out. I mean, just the little things make the biggest difference uh, when you're, because you're in your head for, for hours on end. How long is the average um, So, so I, Ironman? I, yeah, I, I don't know what the average time is. You have to finish it in under 16 hours. Um, so there you go. So I, <laughs> some people might fail, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And it's... Uh, you know, it's interesting. So I did in Louisville, Kentucky. Um, it was hot. It was humid. Um, and so the swim felt great. Um, came out, got on the bike. Um, and bike's probably my biggest challenge just because I don't – it's one of those things to train for a bike. You got to uh, – uh, pe- People would think the bike is the easiest. Yeah. No, no. You're, yeah. Because you're, you're sitting down. You are. And it's – but it is It is being in that aero position. So for those who don't know, when you're in triathlon, there's a road bike, which you're basically arms are out. Um, you have a little bit of bent elbows, but your, your posture isn't as, is lean forward, right? You're more upright on a triathlon bike. You're literally bent over. I mean, almost, I mean, you're almost parallel with the ground. Um, and so you're in that position where you have all this, you know, you're pulling, your hips are pulling down from your lower back. Um, and you got to be in that position for five to six hours. Um, and so, uh, so, so yeah, that was, that was the craziest thing. Uh, and you see some weird stuff, man. And you'll hear all these stories. I mean, people go to the bathroom on their bikes. They do, you know, so it's just, it's this crazy world where like the reality, the real world doesn't incorporate in triathlon. And, uh, I actually got hit, um, a girl passed out 
riding behind me on like mile 80 um, and literally just just ran right in to be knocked us both down. You know, I was completely skin ripped off my hands, knees. She was all out of it. And uh, um, and so came up, medical came over and they were taping her up and they were like, we got to take you back in. I'm like, no, I, I trained too long, too hard for this. Yeah. So I wrapped up some gauze and just got back on my bike and kept going. Holy but yeah, the, bi- the bikes for me is the worst part. Yeah. Uh, you crash or no crash. God so damn. yeah, and then the the run is it's it's interesting because you kind of you feel in a bit of accomplishment finishing the bike, yeah. and then you have to tell yourself like body whatever you've been doing for the last six hours like we got to change it up right so now you got to hit the ground and, and you have to move me forward yep. um and so it's just as weird the first couple of miles are just so strange uh and you're literally just trying to convince yourself like this is the right thing to do like one foot in front of the other um wow. and uh, you know hopefully your training comes through and it's like a war field you see people literally laid out all over the run they're just on the ground you know just from heat from exhaustion you know cramps um if their nutrition's not right um i mean it's a lot of yeah, it's a lot of it's a lot of pain out on the run course. Speaking of pain, <laughs> I've I've had the you know honor of being around endurance athletes, mm-hmm. and the most common issue is the suffering. Yeah, because that's all it yeah. is. Yep. You're choosing to suffer yep. for god awful amounts of time. Yeah, and, and I think it's whether you embrace it or it yeah. scares you, right? And so I remember specifically the bike. My back was just. I mean, it was. I was just burnt out. Yeah. Um, and then when I started running, you start noticing like I'd be like, oh, I feel a little bit of my that's not good. A little cramp in my, you know, my, my yeah. calf and like, okay, it's going to pass. It's going to, and you just kind of trust yourself, do a little adjustments on your technique. And then, you know, you start to feel something in your knee and it's like, okay, what am I doing differently? And, and you have so much time you're in your head. So yeah. it's just literally convincing yourself that one, the pain doesn't exist or two, you can get past it. Right. Um, and that's, yeah, that's kind of how, how I internalized it when I was doing it. And to, so to train for a triathlon, mm-hmm. that's, you know, just the, it's an undertaking that those who haven't competed, myself included, cannot comprehend. I have an understanding from a, a programming perspective, yep. working with other athletes, yep. but never having done it, the type of sacrifice in your life, yeah. everything goes, you can't just part-time you, triathlon I, training. I, I like to say you can and you can't, right? Okay. So like I take a look at, at what I was doing, right? And you and I, you know, we were kind of saying, you spend, you're spending at least an hour a day in the gym, right? Mm-hmm. So the, the problem is it's not if you have the time, you can make time for it. Uh, the, 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 the issue is transitioning the time you're spending doing other things like lifting weights to, okay, I'm going to do an hour run instead. Yep. And so for guys like us that are li- used to lifting, it is kind of like, well, why am I, why am I doing this, man? I'm losing, I'm losing my I'm gains. losing all my gains. Yeah, what the fuck? I can't, I can't eat enough to keep it on. Um, and so really it is, it is a, you know, it's a mindset you got to have of transitioning your time. Um, and like I said, the worst part about the training for me is the commitment for the bike because you can't get a good bike workout in under an hour and a half. It's just, it's just not possible. You can kill a run. You could do sprints in 30 yeah. minutes, 45 minutes. You could do an awesome, you know, swim workout. I don't think I ever had a swim workout longer than 45 minutes, even training for, wow. you know, a full, um, but bikes, you just have to put the hours in, they call it saddle time. And if you don't have that saddle time, you're just, you'll never, you'll never be ready to do, you know, anything over an Olympic distance. How many hours per day would you have to get on the bike? And how many, how many times per week are you yeah. getting on the bike so, when you're in the meat of that training that the last three months so, or so? So there's a couple different ways to look at the training and the old school way was just the hours, like put in the hours, put in the hours. And a lot of that with running and triathlon has kind of gone to the wayside because people are just beating their bodies up. Right. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, the training has gotten smarter and, and really doing, you know, more incorporating more high intensity training. So really during the week, I mean, I, I try to stick to under two hours and, and really it's time, right? I mean, yeah. Businesses run. Um, you know, you have, you have your personal life. So keeping that, try to keep 
you know, during the week under two hours and then your but your weekends are shot, right? So, you know, when you're training for a full Ironman, you're putting in six hours on the bike over the weekend. Um, and so the weekends were kind of the, gotcha. you, you train, you almost trained for the weekends. So um, a typical weekend would be, you know, I'd stagger every week. Um, I'd start with a, a 60 mile bike ride and then an hour run um, on Saturday. And then on Sunday would be your long run day. You do like a, a anywhere from hour and a half to hour run. Um, and then the next week you jump up to 80 miles on the bike, same thing, hour run after, and then hundred miles. Um, and then you just kind of stagger those up and down and build and, and decrease. Um, and it's just the time, man. It's the time on the bike. So. Time on the bike. Yeah. And how long did you give yourself to actively train? So did you break your training down? I'm curious more on the periodization on the programming. So you knew, you know, the Ironman was a specific date. Yep. Did you say, all right, three months from now, this is the training three months before that six months, yeah. how long out did so you give I, yourself? About six months. And I think okay. I did a half Ironman in between there. So you kind of trained up for the sure. half, knock that out, you know, get it, you know, kind of get in your head. Okay. This is what I can do. Smart. Just, just double that now. Right. Yeah. Um, and then, <laughs> <That's> and, <all. laughs> and then, and then started accelerating the training again. But I think overall, you know, in most triathletes spend their, their training periods about eight months, you know, for the year. Cause sure. you generally, there's no races in the winter you know, beginning of the year, unless you're going, you know, South hemisphere. So, uh, uh, so for the most part, training blocks usually start in January, Feb, and then mo- a lot of races in the summertime and, and into uh, the fall. And the most famous, is that the Ironman in Hawaii? So the Ironman, yeah. So Kona, that's a world champion. So, okay. um, that is, that's like for every triathlete, that's the, the ultimate, right? To run um, Kona. Yeah. And, and so you have to, you know, the top three of every age group, in an official Ironman race, they get qualifying slots to Kona. Um, So you have to qualify for it. And then there's like, I think, 100 uh, just giveaway slots uh, that they do off a lottery that everyone, you know, dreamingly puts in for, but Lance you got Armstrong or whoever, I mean, I you got to qualify. I yeah. mean, you, yeah, you gotta, you gotta, I mean, there's probably a celebrity pot too, right. But sure. you gotta think there's probably, you know, I mean, there's tens of thousands of athletes putting in for, for the lottery. So it's, it's yeah. few and far between. So if you want to do it, it's, uh, um, you either got to qualify during one or you got to race, uh, 12 Ironmans in your lifetime. And then you get put in kind of a select lottery. Okay. Uh, that's a little, obviously, you know, smaller pool. Yeah, but that yeah. shows you're a gangster. Yeah, exactly. Right? You <laughs> exactly. deserve a look. Because you beat yourself up enough, so. Right? Yeah. Um, is there, and I'm just curious, so Kona, is there a, a massive prize money, or is it just for the honor it, of it, winning? Is it, it like a million dollar, like a I, Nathan Todd no, eating? It's, dude, it's nowhere near any oh, wow. other sport, right? There's not a lot of money in triathlon. Um, and really what pushes the sport is the age groupers. So the everyday, you know, the weekend warriors like me yeah. and, and other people, the, the pro division is so small. Um, it, you know, like most other sports, they're you know they're sponsor driven, but it's not a huge win. But it is the you know if you say you're a Kona, ch- I mean, there's only been a handful, right? Yeah. Um, so if you say you're a Kona champion, then Tour you know, de France, it's the same. Puts you up there, yeah, yeah. It puts you on the map. Yeah. So, damn. And yeah. then so <laughs> you push through that. You're just yep. crazy lifestyle, Iron Man. And then what are you doing for real life outside of this, you know, that insanity? Yeah, yeah. So I was, uh, um, you know, I've, I was in the beverage business for a long time, both okay. healthy and, uh, and in the wine business for a while. Um, but uh, uh, but I, I did get, I did kind of get tired of uh, the alcohol business a little bit. You know, wine is a different beast, but it was one of those things. I was in healthy beverages prior and I missed that. It just, alcohol wasn't part of my lifestyle anymore. Yeah. Um, and so, uh, so I wanted to get back into nutrition. And so about four years ago, um, I started opening up nutrition stores uh, called Total Nutrition. Um, I have a partner in Texas who started the, the company uh, that's, that's blowing up from there. I mean, we're the fastest growing retail uh, uh, supplement stores in the country right now. 
uh, with a number of different, you know, banners uh, under us. And, uh, and yeah, it was really with the idea of going out and, and, and be, I know a lot of people say it about making a difference, but, but the nutrition business is so shady in general um, that it was about doing it right and, and doing right by the customer. Yeah. And that was really our mission was, you know, provide products, provide nutrients that's going to benefit each individual that's looking to hit a goal. Uh, as simple as it sounds, and that's really most of the supplement business is so product-driven, um, they forget about the customer. Yeah. And so so that was our mission. And, uh, yeah, so I opened up uh, four stores here in Vegas. I have one in North L.A. Um, and then with that came, you know, I started seeing kind of voids in the market and things that weren't being done for people like myself. Um, so we had a number of, you know, MMA fighters. We had a lot of CrossFit athletes coming in. And the majority of the supplement business was designed around, you know, people going to the gym either to, to lose weight or to do three sets of 10. And, uh, and so there wasn't a lot of specialized, you know, products out there. So I started developing uh, uh, some product lines of my own to, to fit, basically fit those needs. And tell us about these products. So, and I see. Don't you want so, to know? I brought some presents. I know. So sitting on my table is Start Pre-Training yep. by Metcon. Yep. And what's really cool about this, which is really rare to Dan's point, is... I always go, the first thing I do is I look at other ingredients. And in his other ingredients, there's nothing bad. Yeah. Nothing yeah. that I, that is, is a flag and sweetened with stevia instead exactly. of sucralose or exactly. aspartame. aspartame. Exactly. So so my my drive with Metcon was I'd always done metabolic conditioning, yeah. right? Um, I, you know, I, I, I love going to MMA gyms, but I, I just didn't have it as far as being a fighter. But I, I really love the conditioning classes. And that actually, for people trying to get in triathlon, yeah. if you do con- strength and conditioning classes, I mean, there is nothing that will help your legs out like plyos, like box jumps. Um, I mean, it's, it's unbelievable what it can do for, for longevity, um, in those long races. But, uh, um, but yeah, so I, I just fell in love with, with metabolic conditioning classes and, uh, um, and I was getting burnt out, man. I was, my, my legs were getting heavy, you know, my shoulders were getting heavy on these repetitive movements. And I really started trying to find, you know, a product that was going to assist with that. And there really wasn't anything on the market, especially from a pre-workout standpoint. I took a pre-workout every day and then I started learning, well, this pre-workout is actually creating some inflammation, right? Cause it's puffing me up yeah. and it's great to, you know, walk around around and, you know, raise your shirt in the gym, but it's not so great when you're, yeah, when you're grinding out, right. And, and doing, you know, the same movement for 60, you know, 60 reps. So, uh, um, so I started working with a couple of manufacturers across the country that I already dealt with. Um, and, and that's the other part too, is I only work with GMP certified manufacturers. Um, so everything's tested by, uh, uh, by third parties, um, and hundred percent the label claim. And, uh, and I started working with them on a product and I said, you know, and they were literally like, there's nothing out here. And most, we talked about this earlier, but most manufacturers you can go to and say, Hey, I want to, I want to pre-workout and they'll give you 15 different panels and say, pick one, put your label on it. It's yours. Um, and, and I didn't want that cause there was nothing that was, uh, uh, that was geared towards what I was doing. So yeah, I worked with the manufacturer for about almost a year and a half. Um, the formula, we did testing on it. A lot of trials, and then after that was the flavoring. Um, and as you know, you can get bubblegum punch anything, right? Of course, and my favorite. Yeah, <laughs> as long as it's sweetened with you know sucralose. So um, you know to find a natural sweetener and a natural flavor that would actually cover up some of these nutrients, like L-citrulline, super sour, beta alanine doesn't go that well in your tongue, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know some of the multivitamins in here are really rough flavor profile wise. So to cover those up in powder form. 
it took us almost the same amount of time to develop the product as it did to develop the flavor profile. Wow. I mean, I probably had like 30 different samples in my house uh, and sampling. It's just, I need it to be right. I need to be right. Um, finally, we got it together. So sweetened with stevia, uh, natural flavors, nothing artificial in it. Um, and it's killer, man. It's it's great for any kind of endurance athlete. Uh, we have a ton of MMA fighters on it. Um, CrossFit, probably our number one consumer base. Um, triathletes next. Uh, but yeah, people love the product, man. It's been, been awesome. And the concept isn't to get that bodybuilder style pump, nope. you know, bicep curls, three sets yep. of 10 and you're yoked. Nope. It's, and that's why I called it pre-training, right? Yeah. It's not a work. Like most people this, like that say they're going to work out, they're going to the gym, right? Yeah. Uh, most people say they're going to train are actually training their athletes. They're working on performance. Yeah. And, and really that's what the product is driven is to increase your performance uh, and to assist you in that performance to push yourself harder. Um, because yeah, you don't, you know, like you said, you, I mean, you've trained enough uh, and worked with enough MMA fighters. Like I think they had it doesn't matter what you look like, man. It matters Absolutely. how you how you perform in the ring. So um, it's the same thing with triathletes. It's the same thing with CrossFit athletes. Um, you know, the the physique will come if you put in the work. So uh, and you, if your nutrition's right. So so that was the idea behind this product. I've got I've got four more lines coming out with it. I've got an L carnitine coming out that's going to be awesome. Um, a, a branch chain amino, and there's no all natural branch chain aminos on the market right yeah. now. Um, and again, it's so hard to cover up those flavors, and it's so easy for these companies just to use sucralose and throw a ton of artificial flavors and, and colors and of course you need your branch aminos to be you know like neon glow in the dark green right um and, and and so it's 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 working with companies that are okay not following the norm uh and that's really what i've i've gone after and why do you think the other products haven't done what you've done and taken the extra time in r&d to find healthy alternatives for the flavor profile but to still have a healthy quality yeah. product so so it's it, you know it's the, the pie of you know the nutrition and supplement world is very much weight loss bodybuilding right yeah. and so it's 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 very physique driven um so that the performance part of that world and a lot of it is because i would argue it's because there hasn't been an offering for the performance world right yeah. that's been sufficient um and, and i look at triathletes especially and in the biggest supplements for triathletes are sugar-filled fake goo right i mean it's it's disgusting what i see these people put yeah. down on their runs yeah and it's i mean it's crazy to me but that's what the offering is so if if you're in a world where your only offering is you know artificially sweetened products um products that just give you a pump that's what you're going to take and there's plenty of athletes who take that stuff and just and they like it sure but if you can take something that's more performance driven why not right and i think that that market just hasn't been developed a lot of the major manufacturers see it as too niche to get into. Um, the costs are obviously higher going all natural. Um, so so there hasn't been a lot of focus on it. And that's why, like, I'll take the crumbs, man. Um, and, and we'll grow off that and we'll make the crumbs, you know, try, yeah, well, try to fight the pie. I think that ties into total nu- nutrition. So mm-hmm. it's, it's a different model than yep. a GNC or a vitamin right. shop. And I've, I've been in your stores. And, and explain a little bit why yeah. is it different when someone walks into you? So, so we nutrition. created this model. Um, and so so our banners right now are total nutrition and five-star nutrition. And, and really, the model was built around the customer, right? So so the typical GNC, um, you know, vitamin shop, um, you know, model is, and, and they're leaning more towards this now, where they have all the national brands. So they carry 50 different proteins um, because they're all advertising in muscle and fitness. And then they carry their house line. And the hope is people come in, um, you know, if they buy the, you know, the, the products they know, they buy them. Um, if they can flip into their house line, they make more money, right? Yep. Uh, the other model, kind of the mom and pop model, um, is really work with, you know, a distributor, try to get the best pricing you can on these big name brands. And it's just like anything else, you know, if you advertise, hey, I got this price on on a product, um, you'll drive traffic in. And uh, the problem with that, again, it's it's product driven. So these companies will do huge buy 
relies on one protein. So people come in and want, I want protein X. And, and they're like, oh, you don't want that. You want, you want protein Y. This is why. Give them all the benefits. Okay, great. I'll take that. Next month they come in. Hey, I want that protein Y. That was great. No, no, no. You want protein Z, right? Because they did a big buy and they keep buying these yep. products. And it's never, no matter what the customer's goals are, they're so focused in on selling the products. So if they come in for protein, they're going to get the protein that they want to sell you, right? Gotcha. Um, when, when customers come into our store, we ask, why are you taking protein? <laughs> That's our first question, right? Um, you know, we, we try to get down to the nitty gritty of what the customer is doing, what, they've, what they're currently taking, what they've taken in the past what their diet's like, whether they're doing fitness-wise, how their sleep patterns are, what they do for work. Are they sitting all day? Are they active? And then what their goals are. And then from there, we basically can create a plan of micro and macronutrients that'll get them to their goals, right? We're supplementing their diet to speed up their progress. Um, and so whether it's weight loss, whether it's performance-driven, whether it's gaining lean muscle, um, we, we will put together a list of micro macros that'll help in timing to help them get them there. And then after that, the brands don't matter. If you can find the cleanest form of micros and macros, possible and you got your timing right who cares what's on the label um and and so that's the other part is we work we don't have a house brand um you know we we really don't carry a lot of the you know i don't carry 50 proteins in the store because at the end of the day i carry basically the top four that fit each need right um and and i work only with gmp certified manufacturers so we know the product's 100 to label claim um and, and we deliver that product because we stand behind those when we give a recommendation on a protein on a branch chain amino on a fat burner, we're standing behind that product saying these are going to deliver you results. So I can't, I can't trust a lot of these companies that aren't GMP certified, uh, that have no, you know, they, I mean, they literally have no backing behind them. a lot of the fly by net companies, especially the ones on the internet. I mean, they're literally one brand one day and another brand the next. So, um, so we work with really, really, uh, um, quality manufacturers to make sure that we're delivering that price. Cause at the end of the day, if someone takes a product, they don't get results. They're, they're never going to call the manufacturer. They're going to come back to the store they bought it from. So, um, so it keeps us on our toes too. Gotcha. Well, yeah, it's uh, obvious, but it's nice to hear it spelled out. And that's exactly what happens. So many people right now are like, son of a bitch. So the overweight lady at the famous vitamin store didn't actually know what she was talking about? Exactly. It's one of those things, man. It's so funny. It's like, yeah, it's like personal training, right? Would you ever take advice from a personal trainer or would you ever hire a personal trainer that wasn't in good shape? Right? People do, and and it's the same thing with nutrition. You see people in supplement stores, and um, and it's if it wasn't that, they'd be working at McDonald's or they'd be you know a clerk somewhere else, and and nothing against them, but sure. there's no there's no passion behind it, right? And and they're obviously not using the products. Um, so so you're looking for you're coming into a store looking for advice from someone that's that's hopefully knows more about what you're coming in for than you yeah. do, right? Um, you're going into Best Buy, yeah. right? Yeah, Good you need point. you need to know what you know. I don't know. I don't know all the hurts of a, you know, of an amp and, and the speakers I need for it. I'm yeah. hoping this guy's going to tell me what what I can take, what I can use in my house, right? Yep. Um, and the same thing goes with with the nutrition stores. And I, I kind of, I, I look at it the same way as like a doctor, right? Like you go to your doctor and you say, hey, I got a cough. Cool. Writes a script, hands it over to you. And you're like, well, doc, you never asked me how long I've had it. Am I coughing up blood? Yeah. You know, have I had the symptoms before? You know, what am I sleeping? You know, any do I have headaches? Um, so we we dig into all that stuff to find out. You know, the background behind a lot of uh, uh, what people are doing because at the end of the day, everyone's got a reason for for why they're looking to supplement, right? Yeah. Um, we find that reason and then we help them get there. So. I would say it's you spend a lot more time on education. So you a spend lot. a lot more time with each individual yep. client, mm-hmm. which means you're seeing less clients per day, but yep. you're pl- probably retaining yep. a hell of a lot more and, of your clientele. Exactly. And okay. that's our focus. We want our number one goal is to get people results. And so whatever they came in for, 
not product-wise, whatever they came in for goal-wise, that's our number one focus. Yeah. Um, so I'll be honest, there's a lot of people that come in just for protein or pre-workout. They don't walk out with the protein or pre-workout mm-hmm. because they realize those, you know, weren't the best use of their money for, for what they were going for. Um, but, uh, uh, but yeah, that's at the end of the day, that, that's all that matters. And, and that's what we try to tell people when they come in. You know, a lot of times there's a lot of preconceived notions, uh, whether someone's taken a product before, uh, they have a family or friend that recommended a product, right? And it's always product, product, product. And we say, it's not about the product. It's about you and where you want to go. So yeah. you're at A, we're going to get you to B. Um, now let's help you get there. And so that's that's the biggest thing. And, yeah. and, you know. So you've seen and we've all seen some of the, the big brands have actually been in the headlines recently mm-hmm. for dramatically underdosing Correct. Their products. Correct. So how, where's the regulation? Explain a little so, bit how so they there, get through. Yeah, there really is no regulation. Um, and, and that's the interesting thing. So most of these kind of lawsuits that come about are usually customer driven. Yeah. So, but the problem is it takes a lot of money to test a product. So not a lot of people are doing it, but you know, if it, it's usually the, the doctor who came in and got his protein and then started gaining weight and nothing else changed, right? Yeah. He goes to get the product tested, shows that there's, you know, it says there's supposed to be 24 grams. There's actually five grams of protein and 20 grams of sugar, yeah. right? Um, and so a lawsuit insists, um, generally just like the pharmaceutical industry, a lot of times it's a lot easier to settle because they're going to make more money back on the product. Um, yeah. So, so it's, it really does model the pharmaceutical industry in a lot of ways. Um, so for those that are listening that are, how do I find the cleanest products? Well, one, you can shop with me at Total Nutrition in Las Vegas. Um, uh-huh. But, um, the, you know, really it's finding products that have a GMP certification on them. Um, and really what that does is they have to invite the FDA in. Uh, the FDA has to analyze everything they're doing. And then they have to send out samples of their products. So every batch they run has to be sampled and tested to make sure it meets 100% of label claim. And GMP? A GMP, good manufacturing practices. Man, so it usually says CGMP, certified yep. GMP. Um, and, and that's really one of the big certifications in the supplement industry to make sure that you're getting everything on the label. Now, that being said, everything on the label, you know, it, just because the label's correct doesn't mean everything on the label is that good for you, right? Sure. So, so that's the next step is then doing your research and really finding someone uh, and finding, you know, manufacturers and companies that you trust, um, you know, from a, from a, from an ingredient standpoint. Um, and, and like I said, that's where, that's where we kind of come in. And the nice thing is coming into our stores, everything, we're, we're like the whole foods of the supplement business, right? Everything, we actually screen everything that comes in. I'm not just ordering from one manufacturer, whatever the top products are, send them to me. Uh, we literally select each, each vendor that comes into us. Um, and we order direct from the manufacturer so we can pass that savings on. Yeah, a lot of time and attention. Yep. And yep. how many stores? So you have five stores? I have, yeah, I have four stores here in Las Vegas. Um, I've got one in California. Um, but like I said, our network is Total Nutrition and Five Star Nutrition across the country. So any of the stores that you find across the country, um, they'll be able to help you out, treat you the same way. We use the same model, um, a lot of the same buying power. So we really focus in on, like I said, when we find a good manufacturer, we stick with them, we support them, they support us, yep. um, and, and really work together to you know create that relationship. So we know that customers, if they're here in Vegas, or if they're in, you know, Austin, Texas, um, or anywhere else, they're going to be able to experience that same uh, uh, that same experience with uh, with with our you know people that work there and with the products. And are there any specific cities that those listening can find a uh, total yeah, nutrition? Yeah, yeah. So, so I mean, you literally just Google total nutrition or five star nutrition in your area. Um, see what's there. Um, if you don't have one, honestly, Google total nutrition Las Vegas. Call our store. We ship. We you know Vegas is so you know yeah. transient. We have customers that love us um, and they end up moving out, and so we ship all over the country for free. Uh, 
obviously all the military bases around the world yeah. uh, to take care of a lot of troops. Um, so, so yeah, just Google Total Nutrition Las Vegas. Call one of our four stores here, and uh, um, you know, guys will literally walk you through over the phone what you're doing, uh, what, what we can offer, and then uh, yeah, we ship out for free. It's pretty easy to ship overseas to military bases. Yeah, yeah just just U.S. Postal Service. Awesome. Yeah, yeah, it's just treated like it's in the U.S. So yeah. it's 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 one of the best you know programs for uh, I think for our troops is that we can offer them. And not have a you know two hundred dollars shipping charge we got to pass on. So absolutely, yeah. and that's big because yeah. yeah. you know they're not making yeah, exactly. tons of money out there exactly. anyway. Yeah. Right on. So now, oddly, uh oh, this, this is the transition. Oh, it is the transition. My green drink. <laughs> Tell us about your time on TV. Here it is. Here it is. Let's right. talk about it. the whole okay. world wants to. Did you yeah. kiss her? Wait, what? Did I kiss who? Yeah, who is the question? question. Yeah, yeah. So. Fill us in a little bit about your so, background. Uh, all right. So probably four and a half years ago, I get a phone call and it says, hey, this is NKZ, I believe, uh, production company. We produce for The Bachelor. Um, we got your name submitted to us. And I thought it was a joke. So I'm literally sure. sitting there listening, like waiting for the punchline, right? Like sure, we're getting Dave. pumped. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, uh, and they said, you know, Hillary Blair, which is my good friend's wife, had submitted to you. Uh, we got your pictures, profile, everything. Uh-huh. And at that point, I felt kind of violated. Yeah. And, uh, and I'm like, okay. And they're <laughs> okay. like, have you ever thought about doing The Bachelor? I said, absolutely not. And I used to make fun of my dad for watching it. So my dad's like this giant, you know, mountain man, big old beard. That's awesome. And I'd come home and he'd be, you know, watching The Bachelor and I'd make fun of him. And I think I even told him, I was like, one day I'm going to embarrass you and go on the show. But I never thought it was going to happen. <laughs> um, so so they asked me if I was interested. Um, and I said, uh, not really, you know, but uh, but I, but I love I love experiences, right? And we never talked about this, but I, I try to leave the country like two or three times a year, pick a new place yeah. and, and just get off the radar. And, and it's all experience-based, right? Yep. No expectations. And so that's how I kind of went into this. I said, uh, um, you know what, I'll, I'll give it a shot. And they're like, well, can you send in a video? I said, absolutely not. <laughs> so they're like, well, are you going to be in LA anytime soon? I'm like, yeah, I, I go out there okay. quite a bit. So went out to LA, met with them. Um, they're like, we love you. Um, you know, we'd love to, you know, invite you to the next round. And I was like, next round, what does that even mean? Huh. Um, it was the most intense like more than any interview process I've ever been through. So they picked me and said, you were going to be in the top 50. We picked, you know, it's 25 from there. So they fly to LA, put you in a hotel room. I mean, it's drug tests, STD tests, wow. background check. Um, they have a PR person searching, Googling everything they can find about you. Um, and then after all that, you know, I was locked in a hotel room. These psych tests were unbelievable, meeting with psychiatrists. And, uh, and I'm like, I, I better get this thing after all <laughs> yeah. this. So, uh, um, so then I kind of went away from it. And, uh, yeah, they called me. One day and said, yeah, you've been selected for The Bachelorette. And I was like, all right, I need a little time to think about it. And they're like, no problem, just call us by the end of the week. I hung up the phone. I'm like, why not? Like, yeah. I'm single. Like, it, it's going to be a great experience, you know, at the end of the day, right? Yep. Um, so, so yeah, I did it. Um, it was, it was, The Bachelorette was interesting, right? It's 26 guys, yeah. uh, one girl. Not, you know, not the most ideal atmosphere, right? For sure. Terrible atmosphere. <laughs> Think about going to a bar with one girl and there's 26 yeah. guys around it. You'd leave in a second. So so we're locked in this house in, uh, I mean, it's a gorgeous mansion in LA. Um, I was on it for about three weeks and I knew it just wasn't, it just wasn't the right yeah. atmosphere. And so, so I, I wasn't surprised when I went home after like three weeks. Um, and so I thought that was done. I'm like, yeah. hey, that was great experience. It was fun. Um, never really thought about it. Started developing my businesses. And, uh, um, and then about a year and a half ago, I got a call saying, hey, um, you know, we've got the show Bachelor in Paradise, and I knew people that were already being cast for it. Like, they were already locked in, huh. like people that had been my castmates before. And so I asked them, I said, you know, aren't you guys already done? And they're like, well, we've had some girls that requested. And I'm like, oh, that's nice. Like, feels good. Yeah. And, uh, um, and they're, are you interested? And I'm like, aren't you guys leaving in like like three weeks? And they're like, yep. 
okay, so what's the process? And they're like, well, you need to come out to LA now. We do your screening and then go from there. And so it was the same thing. I was like, why not? You know? Yeah. Um, and so it was like a month paid vacation in Mexico. Um, a little bit better atmosphere. It was seven guys, seven girls. Yep. And then they just bring in two new, you know, girls every week, two new guys every week. And it just kind of rotates. And I made it through the whole thing. And yeah, it was a blast. Yeah. So yeah, I had a great time. It was, it was like a reunion with the producers, okay. a lot of castmates. Um, you know, it wasn't everyone's first rodeo, right? So, so we were getting filmed and it wasn't as awkward as the first time we were all there. We, we got the program. Sure. Um, but it was great, man. I had, I had an awesome time. And uh, yeah, still still stay connected with a lot of people I was on with. And that was two years was ago? A year, yeah, a year and a half, two years ago. Year, yeah. 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 I remember, that was yeah. we were on TV all the time at <laughs> Lifetime. Yeah, I disappeared and you were like, where, where? I was like, where is yeah, he? Yeah. yeah. Oh, the phone was... I mean, that's what people don't realize. You're, yeah. you're cut off. I mean, gotcha. there's no... There's nothing. So I... Part of my part of my deal was listen at least once a week I got to be able to check emails to just to make sure my stores are on fire like you know yeah. everyone's alive we're good and uh, but I mean there's no phone there's no internet there's no music there's no books uh, I mean there's not you're cut off from the outside world um, and it's wow. just so you can be completely engaged which is it's cool man it's kind of a, a sick science experiment you yeah. know from a cultural and dating standpoint but but it, it works you know and that's why people are like how do you, how do how do people really fall in love on that show it's like I get it man like in two weeks is like two years. Yeah. So you're spending every waking moment with these people. And, uh, and yeah, if you have feelings for someone, there's a strong connection. Like, there, yeah, there's no question it could work. So. Forced in that type of extreme circumstance it's too, a right? pressure cooker, man. So, so whatever is, whatever is, whatever small things would be in the real world that would take, you know, a year for you to realize you're in love with someone. I mean, it, it boils it out real quick. Episode three. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> right? Two and a half, man. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's quick. Um, uh, but yeah, it's, it's a good group. It's, it was a really fun experience and yeah. yeah. So what about the behind the scenes to as much as you can divulge, um, behind the scenes, hanky panky, hanky panky. So it's funny, man. There's cameras on you 24 yeah. seven. So the, the it's, I'm not joking there. I mean, there's, there's probably 10 camera guys at all time, like giant cameras with yeah. boom, with another guy doing boom mics. Um, and then there's the hidden cameras all over the place. So literally everywhere you go and you're stuck on the resort, yeah. everywhere you go, there's a camera on you. And so the joke was you can either, you know, you got two options, right? If you're dating someone, you either, you go under the sheets and there's a camera on you. Yeah. It's even if you're just making out, it's going to look really bad and yeah. they can, they can cut whatever piece they want, whatever moan they want and they'll get it. Right. Um, the other option is you just go in there just butt naked and do your thing and they're never going to be able to show it. Right. It's a, it's yeah. ABC, it's family network. Um, but you're going to have to be comfortable with a van full of like 30 grips and producers watching you, watching you and, but it'll town. never be aired. Right. Yeah. So that was like the, that was the weighing scale. And what did you do? I didn't either. Did there you go. Good boy. Good boy. <laughs> yeah, I knew my mom was watching. <laughs> <That's it. laughs> there was one, there was one part literally, I mean, it's so hot there, right? Yeah. Uh, we were in Mexico and oh, you shit, said, yeah, like, you, like we were getting all creepy. Yeah. Tell <laughs> me more. Yeah. Yeah. Um, let's go. <laughs> everyone in the car right now is like, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so I mean, it's hot, man. I mean, it's humid. Sure. Um, so literally I'm either in bathing suit and when I slept, I slept, I, I sleep in my boxers. Like it's not a big deal, but the cameras that are on the rooms are like, you know, it's like night vision. Right. Yep. So the underwear looked, you know, it's like under armor, you know, shiny underwear. Right. Yep. So it look, it just looks weird. And I, I'll never forget. I got a call from my mom and she was like, Daniel, were you wearing see-through underwear? <laughs> I'm like, Jesus. Like, <laughs> That's the worst. Uh, yeah. I'm so glad I didn't, not, nothing else happened, you know, so that I had to be embarrassed about. If but, that was uh, the worst thing that happened. Then, then I think I'm all right. Yeah. 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 So, See-through underwear. Yeah. <laughs> nice. But it was a good time. Yeah. yeah. Shit. Yeah. And then after that, back in town, yeah. and you've been kicking ass Just with grinding, the supplements. Man. Yeah. 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 I mean, so when I came back, it's funny. Um, you know, 
every experience kind of, I try to take something from, right? I, yep. yeah, I look at every opportunity I have and I'm like, I need two outcomes at least. I'm not going to do something just to do, get one thing out of it. Right. And that's yeah. kind of the way I approach a lot of things, especially in business. Um, and so when I got off the show, you know, it kind of opened my eyes to this world of influencers. Right. Yeah. So the first time I was on the bachelorette, I mean, Instagram had just come out, I think, and we weren't allowed to be on it, you know, until the show aired yeah. Facebook, you were shut off until the show aired. Then they started realizing, well, this is a good platform to, to build a show. So yeah. it almost created these like pseudo celebrities out of the, you know, that came off these shows that helped promote them, which, and then in turn came all the influencer mania, which, um, you know, I mean, it's crazy, man. So especially the, the girls would come off the show and they have such a huge following yeah. that, I mean, they quit their jobs. And now what they do is, is literally influential thong shots right? or, or teeth whitening strips. Right. Yeah. And, you know, so in a thong. In, <laughs> <laughs> right, because you all know you whiten your teeth with the thong. I'm just yeah. And the R analytics say it's so much. If you get there's so much whiter. Yeah, you know, yeah, with less clothes. Exactly. Um, I didn't even notice she had teeth. Yeah. <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> so the uh, uh, so the crazy thing was I started seeing all these detox teas being promoted all over social media. Yep. And and it was blowing me away. And I, I kind of thought, okay, this is a little microcosm. They're paying all these influencers, you know, all these bachelor and bachelorette people to, to promote this. They can't be doing anything, right? Yeah. Then I started having some inside information on the numbers. And I was like, it was like mind-blowing. And, and these teas were literally, they're no different than going to Whole Foods or Trader Joe's and getting the detox or smooth move yogi tea, right, for, for $5.99. Um, I mean, basically, it was dandelion root. It's diuretic, yeah. right? So um, then I started having people come in my stores. And they're like, oh, do you guys carry these teas? And I'm like... Kidding, right? Like, you, you, where did you hear about these? And they're like, oh, I saw so and so posted about them. So, it, like, it blew my mind that this was now affecting my business, right? Yeah. Um, and so, so I started looking at, okay, doing research on the teas. What exactly do they do? Well, m- mostly they just make you pee. I mean, at the end of the day, that's it. Yeah. So, um, so I, I, I went to one of my manufacturers and said, what if we created a fat burning detox pill? That was tea focused, so you get all the benefits of that, you know, the high antioxidants of the teas, um, but in capsule form that was actually effective. And so, so he was like, I kind of like the idea. So they started doing a bunch of research on it, found obviously a lot of compounds that, that work really, really well um, at cleansing the lower intestines. But but overall, the high antioxidants really cleanse your whole system, right? And so then we added in some of the you know proven fat burner um, um, extracts, aminos, and minerals, and uh, um, and came up with this concept of detox tea caps. And so that's one of my other lines. Um, and really, it was it was a punch at at this industry that was basically created by online marketers, right? There's no other there's no other you know big science behind it or anything. It's just just tea that they marketed in a different way. Um, and so my product was let me give you some let me give you this tea that you're looking for, but actually get your results out of it. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I created detox tea caps. We had a, a, a tagline that I kind of since put away, but it was no tea bags, just swallow because I was so I was so pissed at these <laughs> guys for, for <laughs> promoting this stuff that just didn't work. Yeah. Um, and so that was the idea behind it. It was capsule form, and, uh, and yeah, now it's it's blown up, man. It's yeah. been great. Awesome. Um, so and where is uh, it? What's the site? So uh, so detoxteacaps.com. Okay. Um, so yeah, if you want to do it, you can go on use and same for Metcon, metconsups.com. Yep. Um, you know, anytime I do any of these, you know, programs, um, I give 20% off. So oh, wow. just use code Dan 20 on either of those. Um, but the detox tea caps has been great, man. And, and it's been something that people take to get results, um, to lose weight, obviously. Um, but they also take it just to feel good, right? It, it you know, it has a lot of prebiotics in it. Um, a lot of, uh, uh, anti-inflammatories, the high antioxidants, um, just the cleansing elements from the liver, the gallbladder, lower intestines. You just feel good. The better your digestion is, the better, you, you know, your body's going to run. So it's just like the fuel system in your car. Yeah. Um, you know, and so if you're putting in good fuel, but the lines, you know, that connect it all are clogged up, 
you know, you're not going to get the most out of those nutrients. Um, so that's why we look at detox decaps. And what you were saying earlier, and I'm hearing more about it now as you're continuing to talk, you've found these voids in the health and fitness market and you're filling these voids with quality products, yeah. products that are geared towards maybe some of the narcissistic results. And that's fine. Yeah. We say the narcissism's our Trojan horse. Yeah. Yeah to trick people into being yeah, healthy. Exactly. We all want to look good in bathing suits, and I want people I stare at to look fucking good, yeah. <laughs> too. So yeah. it's a little selfish. Um, but, the, you know, looking at these products here, hearing about the detox caps, yeah. like quality ingredients, you're not putting yeah. shit in there, yeah. and you're being very clear that this is a part of the lifestyle yeah. plan, and that's what you're educating. Because I've been in your stores, yeah. and it's the question is not what do you want to buy. It's like, how can we truly help? Yeah. What do you need? What's what's you know what's your deficiency? Let's talk about your diet a little bit. How are you training? Like that whole exactly. kind of history comes exactly. through. So it's really interesting. Yeah, it's just just like in the store. It's a right? harder not, grind, man. It is. It, it's a lot more work, but it, but it pays off more because you get more customer retention. You get yeah. more people results. Um, and, and if people get results at the end of the day, they're going to keep coming back to you, and they're going to tell their friends about you. You know, if you're just the low price leader. You know, people are going to yeah, go to the next a couple low price leader, right? And, yep. Or they're going to go online, right? And they're going to find something else to do. So, um, yeah, it's just one of those things. And with the products, that's what that was my main goal is, listen, I'm not going to come out with something just to be a me too, yeah. right? I want to come out with something that has, you know, a point of differentiation, per, you know, hits a need. We talked about the capsules, right? There's plenty of products out there that are actually good products, and then they capsule them with gelatin, and they have, you know, red number five and blue number two. Yeah. And it's like, I don't need my caps to be you know, like the shades of Crayola, you know, it, it, like I can, yeah. you can, you can get a veggie cap. So everything I do is, is all veggie, veggie caps. Um, you know, most of the products are all vegan. I mean, it's, there's a way to do it right. And, and really for me, the incremental cost, it, it, and that's I, what it, I wanted it's, to get it's to all relative, right? Like what I, type of cost is it? Like what's the true n- numbers here? Is I, it 30% more so, expensive? Well, the, the thing, no, it's not even that much, but the thing is, is that, you know, most of these major companies have so much money tied up in branding, right? Yeah. And it's just like any other industry The the bigger you get, the more you got to brand, the more you got to spend. And then, so any, and obviously the bigger you get those pennies that you're saving on each product. I mean, that's the, a lot of pennies over the course of a year, right? Yeah. Um, so for a lot of these major manufacturers, just changing the capsule, that could be a million dollars over the year, right? Um, For me, I'm I'm a smaller operation. I'd rather provide a better product, have that be my point of differentiation, still deliver at the same price as the big guys. I'll take a little hit on my margin if people enjoy the product, if they like the results, and if they tell their friends. Sure. Um, And and that's the way I approach it. Uh, If I can do right by the customer, and and a lot of it also is, I'm not going to make anything that I wouldn't take. And and really, I stay away from a lot of artificial, you know, products. Um, It's not that sucralose is gonna is gonna kill you tomorrow, but if you can do without it, why not? Right. Um, And so, if you can find the best quality, why not take that? So, a lot of this came about because it was like I want products that I want to take, right? Even though they may not be the most mass market products, you know, available. Um, it's not the craziest, highest stimulant, you know, fat burner or pre-workout, um, which, which is a huge need for, um, I, I want to fit the customer that isn't getting the products that they deserve right now. And, and a pretty big, just through looking, you know, my social media and whatnot, a a big portion of your market with Metcon is the CrossFit community. Mm -hmm. Seems pretty popular, yeah. correct? And you yeah. have a little bit of background training yeah. in CrossFit style. Yeah, and I, I mean, just like just like Ironmans, right? Like I love the punishment, right? So anything I can do to put my body through something, I'm open to it. Yeah. Um, and so, so CrossFit was interesting because it was the same thing. I saw these people going after these products, and we had customers coming in that were, you know, they 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 speak one thing, right? And they talk paleo. 
So it's all natural paleo. And then they go, you know, they go down the street and go into a store and it's, well, that's sucralose, it's fine, I'll take yeah, it. You know, it's course. not a big deal, right? Of course, that's paleo uh, too. And so, so, so my, my goal was, okay, if I, you know, you have this lifestyle that you're trying to fit and accommodate, like what if I can fit a, find a product from the sport nutrition side that can fit into that? Um, and and that, was, that was one of the thought processes behind Metcon. And obviously people, you know, in the CrossFit community know and love Metcon um, just because of metabolic conditioning, right? You go into a CrossFit yeah. gym, you're either going to do a Metcon or a WOD. Um, and so, so the term is out there. I love the name. Um, and, uh, and, and ironically it wasn't trademarked. So, which is crazy. So, I'm yeah, surprised so, CrossFit didn't trademark that exactly. one. Exactly. And, and really Metcon was the original CrossFit, right? You were doing metabolic conditioning before yeah. it became more Olympic and lifting. That existed. That concept yeah. existed for decades, if not hundreds yep. of years. Yeah. Exactly. So it just became more well known with CrossFit. Um, thank God, knock on wood. Um, you know, I submitted my trademark right before Nike came out with their Metcon ones. Oh, wow. Um, so, so yeah, so I have the trademark on, on, on Metcon and, you know, no one's come knocking on my door yet, which is good. And did um, Nike so, try and make a deal with no, you? Not yet, but uh, yeah. Nike, if you're listening, <laughs> I'm uh, open. Yeah, yeah, I'm you open. can reach me at Daniel G. Cox <laughs> on Instagram. Um, so, so yeah, so it was, uh, um, you know, it was a really unique thing. I actually didn't think I was going to get the trademark, yeah. um, but it uh, it went through, and yeah, happy we got it, and um, definitely leveraging it for that community for sure. How many trademarks do you have now? Oof. Uh, I got Metcon um, on a couple different categories. Um, I've got uh, Detox Tea Caps for supplements. Um, I've got another product, that, the one I was just telling you about, Wealthy, yeah. uh, W-E-L-L-T-H-Y, um, both on water and uh, and supplements. So that one's actually going to be coming out in about uh, probably about a couple weeks here. Wow. Um, I should be launching that, and that's just imwealthy.com. Uh, so uh, um, that one's you know kind of the similar concepts, but taking more, you know, still keeping all natural, still keeping vegan, um, using the veggie caps. But uh, uh, but leaning more towards health essential products, so um, you know more kind of two in one. So like the men's multi also has prostate support. Uh, the women's multi has a, has kind of a beauty complex in it for promote hair, skin, and nails. Uh, we have a test booster and an estrogen blocker all in one. Um, I've got an awesome thermogenic coming out called Sweat um, that's really low caffeine um, but high thermogenic. Um, we've got a, a Focus product. Um, and then, uh, one of my favorites is going to be an adrenal support. Um, and so everyone, almost everyone drinks caffeine, right? Um, almost everyone gets stressed out. And so adrenal fatigue is a huge thing for athletes, just for everyday people. Um, and so that one, again, no one's talking about adrenal fatigue. Like yeah. it's not a big category, but th- it is an issue. So I'm going to fill that void. Um, and so, so this wealthy line, I'm really excited about. Um, and it was funny. It came about cause I trademarked, I just love the name. So I trademarked it for water. Um, and I, I was in the beverage business before I know the water industry and I really, you know, not a fan of a lot of the people in it. It's a very ancestral industry. Sure. Um, and so I basically just got tired of buying water from these guys and same thing with supplements, man, you buy these alkaline waters and then all of a sudden there's a lawsuit out. You're not nine, you know, 9% pH or sorry, 9.0 pH, you know, they're testing at basic. And so it's like, well, (laughs) now I'm delivering this product again to my customers. And and it's basically, it's lying, right? Right on the packaging. So I'm like, that's it. I'm going to create my own water. Like the end of the day. So, so I trademark wealthy. um, And and really what I'm trying to do is um, I, you know, there's not a lot of money in in water. So, um, you know, I can use it to build up the wealthy supplement line. Um, I'm actually going to give all the proceeds to charity. So I'm um, trying to work with Three Square here in Las Vegas, Feeding cool. America. So the idea, and hopefully I can get it there, is that every bottle of wealthy water will provide a meal for someone in need. Um, you know, and, and, and again, I don't need to, you know, it, water is water, right? Everyone's drinking it. So to me, that has the most reach that it can affect the most. Um, and then if you like the water, ironically, you, you need you need water to take supplements, right? right. So and no one's ever done it. So yeah, I'm planning on being the first, you know, supplement and water company 
uh, together. Wow, and that's a great mix. Yeah. Mix, yeah, especially because the your intent behind it. Yeah, you're not trying to be the next Dasani, yeah. you know, water mogul. I'm just gonna, again, I, I awesome. love I love alkaline water. I love the benefits of it, and I like my water to have electrolytes. There's not a lot with both on the market, so it'll be a 9.5 pH. Um, it'll have added electrolytes for taste and obviously you know hydration. And, uh, and yeah, it should be a great product. And at the end of the day, it's just going to be given back to charity. And without releasing intellectual property, mm-hmm. how difficult difficult is it to have that level of pH and that high level of quality? Because so many of the big manufacturers consistently fail yep. with similar or even lower claims. Yep. So it's just an ionized process, right? So so they do an electric process. Um, and, and it just depends on the quality of process they do. A lot of them, I think, were using kind of more of a chemical process yeah. um, that was at bottling. It was what it was. And then over time, it started declining. Um, most of the the technology out now, um, it, it, honestly, it's sad. But it's, it's again, it's pennies, right? Um, so it's if you nice. can find a manufacturer that does it right, um, it's really, it's there's not much added cost to it but again those pennies add up for those major bottlers um so they refuse to do it like I, i'm not going to mention names but there's one now that started at 9.0 uh actually i think they started at 9.5 then they went 9.0 lawsuit came out now literally on the bottle it says bottle at 7.5 so at the bottling source so they're still telling you it's oh. bot- but it's it's probably going to go back to basic at seven yeah um you know by the time you drink it so merry christmas <laughs> And people don't, the the consumer is so uneducated in the process. They just think, oh shit, it's alkaline water. Look at me being healthy with my French fries on the side. Exactly. So, so yeah, yeah. Hopefully again, same thing. I can provide a product that I'm proud of that I will take. Um, And and again, I mean, it's ironic that supplements need to be taken with water. And so if I can put, yeah, yeah. yeah, You're mixing your pre-workouts, you're taking your pills. Um, So yeah, might as well not, you know, might as well take the, uh, uh, take all the aspects of it. Right. And great intention behind yeah. the company too. That's yeah, really cool. Now, five years from now, where are you? What are you doing? It's interesting. You know, five years ago, I don't know if I saw myself here. So sure. I, I'm like scared to even, even predict, you know, where I'll be. Um, you know, I really enjoy, you know, I enjoy the stores. I love having, you know, the stores cause it's that one-on-one contact. It's that face to face. Um, you know, but I have been developing more of the products, you know, to also sell online for like your audience, right? Like not yeah. everyone's based in Vegas. Um, you can't touch everyone. So, so hopefully with, you know, some of these products I'm offering online as well, um, I'll be able to reach more people with those. Um, and then who knows, man, uh, I really, I'm, I love the way I've kind of gone again, five years ago. If you would have told me I'd have three product line, you know, supplement lines, yeah. um, I, I don't know if I'd believe you. Um, if you said I have five retail stores, I don't know if I believe you. Um, so it, it's it's kind of exciting, man. Um, we'll see. I, I I tend to gravitate towards what interests me, and I love creating. I'm definitely more of the entrepreneurial type that, you know, um, you know, I I have that creative aspect to me that constantly wants to. It's not like you know set a goal and then maximize that goal. It's set a goal, I hit it, and like, that's great. Now, what did I learn from that that I could take to the next thing, you know? Yeah. Um, and so that's kind of how my brain brain continues to work. So it's just that constant evolution. Constant evolution, man, yeah. Yeah, wherever, you know, wherever kind of, you know, both the market and my desires, you know, where, where that crossing point is, I think yeah. that's probably where I'll end up. I like that you you do jump into experiences for nothing more than the experience yeah. itself. Yeah. I, I certainly yeah. understand that. And travel wise, where have you been? What's some of the more exotic, but maybe not as sexy places you've been to? <sighs> That's almost everywhere I go, awesome. to be honest. Yeah. So I, I have a rule. I can't go back to the same country I've already been. Okay. I've only broke it a couple times for family. Okay. Um, but, uh, uh, but yeah, man, I've been, I've traveled, I lived in Denmark. I went to school, Copenhagen business school for six months, oh, wow. traveled all Europe then. Um, but I've been to most of Central America, uh, most of South America, uh, most of Asia, um, really Africa is the only continent that I haven't really tackled, uh, which hopefully soon. Um, but I mean, I mean, I go off the radar, man. I, I, you know, I, 
literally backpack, uh, round trip ticket, and that's it. I don't plan anything. I literally show up in a country and then just kind of figure it out, ask around, talk to people. Yep. Um, God, some of the craziest places. I went to uh, I went to Guyana um, in in South America, yeah. um, which I've never heard of anyone go to. And literally, when we landed, we, we were joking with the you know taxi driver going from the airport. And we're like, "How many Americans do you guys see?" And he's like, "You're my first. Wow. It's like, I mean, no one goes down there, right? But it's unbelievable. It's one of the most unexplored um, kind of parts of the Amazon. Um, and uh, uh, I mean, it's it's literally I think like ninety nine percent of the. I mean, it's, you have Georgetown, and then the rest of the country is literally thick forest. That's it. Wow. Um, and so it's just unbelievable experience. Um, spent some time um, out in the deep jungle. Literally had to hire, basically bribe a plane to drop us off in a village uh, in the middle of the country, and then you know just paid them and said please come back in like three days uh, to pick us up. And we were just out on this runway. Wow. Um, dropped us off. We uh, uh, we stayed in these kind of cabins in the middle of nowhere and hiked around, explored, and then uh, just sat on the runway hoping a plane was going to come grab us and pick us back up. But I mean, there's been some crazy and he trips, did? man. Yeah, yeah, I made it. Right on. Um, we did. I've done. Uh, um, God, I've done Borneo. In um, some of these places, a lot of it is. I want to see it because I know it's going to be gone, man. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's a lot of what I've seen when I went traveled through uh, Brazil. Like we always hear all the time, like oh, the rainforest, turn it on rainforest, turn it on rainforest. You learn in school. Like I've heard that since middle school, right? Sure. Like till you go down there, like you don't get what that means. Like it's, I mean, it is wiped out. Like wow. completely. I mean, it's just fields of of basically cattle, right? And, and so they wipe out all this lush rainforest. <laughs> I was going to say, just, a, a just, mo- modular yeah, homes. Just cows, man. Just cows, 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 yeah, cows, it's just cows. open land uh, you, they use for farmland. So, you know, a lot of what I've seen, I know, it, even in Brazil, I know a lot of what I saw um, is it, probably gone at this point. Borneo, wow. I mean, you just Google Earth Borneo yeah. and then pull a satellite image from the 70s. I mean, it's it's crazy, the logging they've done out there. Uh, and it's it's pretty sad, man. So that it's it's that in cultures too. Like I stayed with a family in Borneo in a longhouse and they used to be a headhunting tribe, right? Wow. Um, and so it's unique history, but they were, you know, that was the culture. You'd live with your whole family in this longhouse. Um, you've got uh, uh, you've got one man that runs it. He's the head of the house. And, uh, um, and yeah, if anyone kind of encroached on your property where you hunted or where you, you know, grazed, you'd literally cut their heads and, and you hang them on the, um, on the building. And that was their, that was the culture, right? Wow. Um, you know, when Indonesia became a little more civilized, they outlawed that. Um, and then in World War II, the Japanese used Borneo as kind of a jump off. And so the Indonesian government went back around and they're like, hey, teach all your, you know, kids how to, how you hunt people, essentially. Um, wow. And they, they invoke that training again uh, to basically kill Japanese soldiers that were, they were bunkering down. Um, so there's all this crazy culture, but again, like all, that's all, you know, and these, we have these elders like telling us a story that their grandparents had literally taught them how to hunt people. And it's just, this, you know, it's history that's going to be, you know, it's going to be wiped out soon. So, um, yeah, you learn, learn a lot. And it's, a for a lot of people that I think, think like travel is going to take away from my work or, um, it, you know, I, I don't have the time or I don't have the money. Like, one, you can find the time. Two, you can find the money. Yeah. Um, and to me, the competitive advantage you get in business and personal relationships, just in everyday life, if you pull yourself out of your bubble um, and, and get a kind of culture shock, uh, I mean, it's 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 crazy what that can do for you. So do you normally, when you go, do you go solo? Do you bring a buddy? Do you bring oh, your, your yeah. girl? Yeah, I've, I've only done one trip with uh, uh, with my girl, but I've done uh, um, probably half my trips are, uh, you know, with friends. The other half are solo. And so with your girl, my wife and I, we talk about this because she's got a bright mind and want to travel, yeah. explore and all that stuff. Um, I've traveled quite a bit almost independently. Yeah. Half of the time I'm paid to be there because of the fight game, yeah. every yeah. continent around the world. And I like to go for f- alone and I go a few days early. Yeah. I kind of stay and I kind of, I'm autonomous in a way. Yeah. And of course 
Brandy and I have traveled, but she wants to go to some places yeah. that I've been to. Yeah. And I know I can't bring Blondie, yeah. blue haired Blondie yeah. over here. And yeah. she's, you know, she's, well, she's worldly. She grew up yep. in the East Coast. She, you know, gets it. Yeah. But you're in some places that yeah. you can't be there with your A girl is bad enough, but yeah. your girl, you have that emotional clouded mind yeah, to, to protect, protect. Yep. and exactly. look out for. It just, it changes the situation. I, it does. Not I, in a sexist way. Yeah, yeah. It's, no, it's no, just no, being I, honest. I, and, I get it. I, I look at it from, I, maybe I take a different standpoint. So when I started traveling young, you know, I met a lot of people and, and there's, there's men and women, you know, especially it's, it's classic man it's australians yep. um it's british and it's uh, um uh and and people from israel right and they are i mean after high school they go out and they travel the world for yeah, a year and yeah. it's totally normal right um and so the israelis is the interesting thing is because especially you have women that have gone through the two years of military yeah. i mean they're tough as rocks right and yeah. so it doesn't you know it doesn't my matter. aunt tova on brandy's <laughs> yeah, side but, yeah but i mean they'll go out and travel the world and so it does like from one point you know i have a lot of you know friends here that are that are you know, women and, and they're like, I, I can never do that. I wish I could, but I can never do that. And it's like, actually you could, you know, and there's enough people traveling independently that you can meet a group and, and do it. And, and granted, I've been in some hairy places, um, and, and where I've been scared personally. Um, and, and it doesn't matter if you're male or female, you're going to be, you know, fucked up, yeah, terrified yeah, exactly, some places. Exactly. I, you know, yeah, yeah, you're yeah. close to oh, something. I mean, I've been, I've been drugged. I've been, you know, guns pulled on me. You know, there's things that have happened, but it's no different. And that than, was on the strip. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's what I was going to say. It's no different than if I, like, yeah. it, Okay, if you go to LA, yep. right? Are you, are you going to go to Compton? <laughs> I did okay. actually, have, I right? did. but you know what I mean. Like, but so, no, so, never. So if you no go offense. to if you go to Rio, you know, are you going to go in the worst neighborhoods, right? And, yep. and that's that's really the thing. Um, ironically, the the most kind of danger I've ever felt was traveling through Europe. You know, through a lot of these third world countries in like yeah. South America, Central America, like I never, I never really felt unsafe. And I stay with families a lot of times, yeah. I stay in hostels. Um, you know, I never do resorts. I never do, you know, any kind of, you know, traveling in big hotels. Um, there's too much of, um, there's too much of that culture shock in and out. So I prefer just put me in the shit yep. and, and I'd rather be living in it than, yep. than going in and out of it and having creature comforts and then going to try and experience something that's raw, you know, especially like India was one of those places. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, bringing, you know, bringing someone with you, it's a special thing. Um, I also, I still enjoy traveling alone, man. I mean, it's, yeah. it, there's, there's benefits, you know, it's not, it's not good or bad, but there's benefits to both. Right. Yep. hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. Like traveling, traveling, uh, with my girlfriend, you get to experience things together, have these unbelievable moments, um, traveling by yourself. You literally, I mean, you have to dig yourself out. Like you're going to expose yourself and, and yeah. open yourself up more. You're not going to confide in someone else. Right. So, um, it's just, it's just different. But I mean, for those, like, if you're looking to like, go, just go, man. I mean, <laughs> Just go. Think, things are going to happen anywhere. Like you could get hit pulling out of the the, the driveway here, right? Absolutely. So, um, In Beverly I mean, Hills. Yeah. I just tell people just just do it, man. If you if you want to see something, just go go. What, what's stopping you? Like it's to me the concept is unbelievable. I can book a plane ticket yep. and I can wake up in another country on the other side of the world. Like yeah. that's a cool thing, you know. And, and to to not know anyone, not know where you're going, not have anything to do. Like that's something that that rarely happens in people's life, especially with technology and everything. Sure. So it just brings you back to a to a raw sense and um yeah, it's 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 unbelievable. I mean, that's that uh, what I work for. Like I just traveling, I don't need, you know, big personal possessions. Um but if I can get out and experience some new things, that's that's my it's my wheelhouse. And the independence that yep. you create from that and the confidence yeah. that you create from that when yeah. you do come back into your role, because yeah. we, we play a role typically in the, yeah, you know, exactly. this common you know, society, 
you're a different person, completely yeah. a different person, right? Totally changes you, and it's 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 one of those things. I I would argue that you know, especially in the states, and I'm biased obviously because I'm from here, but sure. if most people left the country, like you'd have a totally different outlook on the world and on and our our country for that matter. Yeah. Um, I mean, it'll it'll change your eyes to to different cultures, religions. Um, you you'll be able to accept people a lot more because you'll understand where they're coming from and yeah. what they've gone through, right? Not everyone's grown up in in the same little bubble that you've grown up. Um, and for me, it just makes me appreciate like. Anytime I start thinking, I'm like, oh, I like that watch, man. Or I, I got to get a new car, man. That that new model is awesome. Yeah. I'm like, okay, I need to leave. I need to leave the country. I go stay with the family somewhere in the jungle. Yeah. And it's like they literally have nothing. And they're willing to give me everything they've got and feed me. And, and it makes them happy. And, it, and they're the happiest people I've ever met. Never, you know. And they don't have anything to their name. They're a dirt floor in their kitchen, you know. Um, and it's, it's unbelievable, man. Um, and so that, to me, provides the most change and growth. Um, and, uh, um, yeah, it's, it's one of those things you can't, you can't replicate, you can't pay for that experience. Um, you know, some of the richest people I think will never know what that is because yeah. they've never dropped their guard, you know, and, and, and you, you do hear of some of like the, you know, the upcoming entrepreneurs and the cool people that have literally like done it because they, you can't, you can only stay in the nicest hotel, right? You can yeah. only do it for so long until it's like, you need something to wake you up. Yeah. So. That's awesome. Yeah. So where is next on your list? Where's like, have you done the big trip yet? Uh, this year? No, man. Um, so yeah, I've been so, so, you know, stuck doing these, uh, uh expanding the product lines, but, um, I, I need to get to Africa. I mean, just sure. so basically, uh, um, there's a few countries in Africa I'm targeting. I'd love to hike Mount Kilimanjaro. Oh. Um, you know, I'd love to go to South Africa. Um, uh, Gabon is a place in Africa. I don't know if you've heard about it. No. It's considered like the world's last Eden. Um, wow. It's in the it's kind of central uh, west coast. Um, they have like famous like it's called surfing hippos. Literally, you can Google like these hippos ride waves and like dolphins do. Awesome, um, unbelievable, untouched. Um, wow. Just some really cool places. Um, you know, a lot of Asia I still want to see Bhutan, Nepal. Um, I haven't been there, and uh, yeah, I've, I've still. I mean, the list is. There's, there's more places than I've got time, basically. So, awesome. and, and that's really why I created that rule. Like, I, there's so many places I've been. Like, India is my favorite country in the world. Um, I wouldn't recommend it to 99% of people I know. <laughs> sure. But I loved it, um, and I want to go back really, really bad. But I know taking a trip back to India, it takes another place that I would, you know, that yeah. I have an experience off the list. So that that's my struggle yeah. is, uh, is just, you know. Uh, kind of shutting down the wants of, of going back and, and keeping myself open to the, the new experiences. Oh, good thing it's a big world yeah, out there. Yeah, exactly. Now, kind of the last piece, you you were talking earlier where you started all of this. You started, you were working yeah. as an employee of a company, yep. probably not fulfilled yeah. from what I'm assuming. So share a little yeah. bit to those listening. Yeah, yeah. So I, I started out, um, you know, I was in I was in kind of the beverage business um, early on out of college, during college. And then I got into the wine business after that. And I thought, oh, I'll get some training. And um, um, and I ended up doing that for seven years. And that's what actually brought me out to, uh, to Vegas. Um, and I had an opportunity with a startup, startup with them. And uh, and left the winery I was with, stayed in Vegas, obviously for tax purposes, yep. and and that's that's the point where I was I was literally I was I knew the alcohol business, I knew the wine business really well, um, I was good at it, I, I knew the players, I knew how to make the ball roll, um, everything was fine, I could have continued doing it and, and been successful, but I didn't have the passion for it anymore, and uh, and really, you know, in a lot of reasons I left the winery, it was the biggest winery in the world. But a lot of reason I left it is, and it wasn't an ego thing, but I knew I could never be at the top. I knew my, you know, what I was creating would never be the end product, right? There was always going to be some form of processes. There was going to be a lot that went into it. I could never create something on my own. 
Um, and, and looking back at it now, I, there's probably some things I could have done, you know, know what I know now, but, but really that was my thing. I want to create something that was my own. Yep. Um, and so, so working for this other beverage company, that's when I just, I was like, I'm done with the alcohol business. You know, it's not, I don't have the passion for it anymore. Um, you know, working in it, obviously I still enjoy beverage sure. uh, and my wine, but, uh, but as far as living it, um, you know, nutrition was really, you know, my focus and my passion. So, um, you know, I was literally working for this company and then in the night hours, uh, trying to develop a business plan and a concept to start opening up, you know, nutrition stores. Um, and I ended up doing it and that's really the only way, you know, I could do it. I, I, I took out a loan, um, you know, I borrowed money and, uh, uh, and created it while I was still working for another company. Um, and, and that's the thing. I mean, that's, I, I don't know if I could have done it without, you know, without having that, um, and, and without basically working two jobs essentially, uh, to make ends meet. And then, uh, and then once it became successful and paid off the loans, then I started expanding. Um, and yeah, eventually grew it from there, but it's one of those things, man, if you, if you want something bad enough, you know, it's, it, it's nothing but, but time and energy. Um, and if you're not willing to put it in, you're never going to get it. There you go. And yeah. I think it shows your passion Instead of trying to take the easy route, you took the harder route. You're yep. working 80 hours a week yep. instead of 40 hours a week. Yep. 80 hours a week with no guarantee of any sort yep. of success yep. and high probability of not. Oh, fair, when you look right? at statistics, yeah. of course. Oh, like 90, what is it, 90% of all small businesses go out in the first five years? Yep. Um, yeah, it was scary, man. And, and, you know, I knew nothing about retail. Um, you know, my buddy kind of took me under his wings, showed me the ropes a little bit. Um, and uh, and it was one of those things, though, man. Like, I'm, I, I was... So what was I? I was, you know, 29. Um, I was signing a lease that I was personally guaranteed on, right? So so not only was I in debt for the store yep. and the inventory, but now I'm also personally liable for about a quarter million dollars. Sweet. So like that sounds fun, right? Everyone wants to do that. <laughs> yeah. So and I just bought a house, you know, so it's like I go from, you know, from just having a, a house and car payment to all of a sudden essentially on paper being in, in huge amount of debt. For sure. Um, and, and it's one of those things. It's like, it's like fight or flight, man. So, you know, that was my, my goal is make it work. You know, like I will, I will make this thing happen. I will not let this fail. Um, and, and that's a mentality I had and I had so much on the line for it. Um, I really didn't have an option. So, um, I knew jumping into it, it was kind of, it was exciting. It was like, Oh, I'm going to create my own business. This can be great. I'm going to be a business owner. Yep. And then the second you get that key <laughs> and you, you sign that lease, I mean, it's like, I mean, it's, it's a real deal, yeah. right? So, you know, that's, I think, uh, I think for a lot of people that are, you know, a lot of people have, and especially nowadays with social media, man, there's this big push to being an entrepreneur. And like, I almost get sick when I see that on like people's like handle, right? Like they don't get it. Entrepreneur of what? Like, so it's, it's one of those things like you either do or you don't, you know, and, and, and there's nothing wrong with working for a company. Um, you know, I, I actually went to uh, Tony Robbins business mastery sure. and just got a ton of just psychological insight from it. It makes so much sense. Like if you have a company, like a lot of people that are business operators, I mean, or business owners, they're, they're operators, right? Yep. And you just have a really expensive, high liability job, even though you're a business owner, right? Yeah. And you made that decision, but it's how to get out of that, right? And how to become a business owner instead of an operator. Um, and, and it's how to, you know, leverage and, 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 and how to expand and scale um, and all these things. And so it, it really is one of those things, though, if, if you really put your mind to it and, and put your energy into it. I mean, you could do anything, but just saying you're an entrepreneur or just having ideas, like ideas don't mean anything without execution. Um, so, uh, you know, everyone's got the next big thing, you know, but but no one's got the balls to, to go after it. No, and they don't have the fortitude to do what it takes to yeah. fail. How many times yeah. did you fail yeah. along the way? Yeah, you know, you're not yeah. throwing strikes yeah. every single pitch. Yeah. It takes a fucking while. Yeah. And there's no fallback. Yeah. 
You yeah. learn, you go, you move forward, you work the other job, you bring the money in, you yep. do what you got to do to get it up and, and running. And, and that's what I mean. There's ways to do it. A lot of people think like, oh, you got to quit everything and then go all in and live, live on nothing, right? Yeah. And, and really try to do this all on your own. And it's there. I mean, there's ways, you know, there's ways to to not have, and I mean, you can call it a safety net or whatever it is, but yeah, I had a job. I had a good paying job, um, but I also put in twice the hours to, to make this thing work, right? Um, and so so there's 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 a ton of ways you can do it. Um, you know, I know, I've know i known people that have quit jobs and just going in cold turkey. And again, that was their pressure is I got to make this work because I got no other option. Yep. This is putting, you know, food on the table, right? And, and shelter over my head. Um, you know, I, I took it as I need to, you know, I need to have this income to basically support me while I'm putting my extra time into this other project uh, and developing the stores. And so that, that was my route. Um, you know, I, I probably wouldn't take it back. I, I'm, I'm glad everything turned out the way it did. And now, I mean, I, but I still look at the same things, man. When I, when I start a new supplement, it's like, okay, how am I going to produce? What's, you know, is this going to be worth it? And, yeah. and, and is this going to be worth my time? Right. I've got a lot going on. So now I've got to, you know, all your time gets slivered up. But again, if you really want something, you know, you just got to go after and, and do it. Do you have somebody inside your executive team that you lean on for advice to bounce ideas also off of? I'm coming, I got this idea, because I find with me, yeah. I'm passionate about a yep. project that may or may not have commercial yep. value. Yeah. I might think it is. Yep. Is there somebody that you can bounce What's that, so, or you just I, kind of I, do it? I internalize it, and yep. really what I do is I go after, you know, I look at it from myself first, right? Um, so, so ironically, like Metcon, right? Yeah. Like, at the end of the day, I know I at least got one customer, right? So awesome, granted, yeah. I'll have I'll have pre-workout for the rest of my life, <laughs> but, I'll, but I'll have one customer, right? Yep. And so, but but for all these products I create, I really try to go after the market and find out what the need is, right? So so if I'm targeting a certain result, um, you know, I'll go after who's looking for that result in that market, um, go after them, kind of, you know, shop the idea around, um, shop designs around. You know, I have an email list of people that I just, I just send stuff. What do you think of this? What do you think of this? And sometimes it's just, a, it's a tagline, right? Yeah. It's like, what do you think of this tagline? Would this resonate with you? Like, does this get your attention? Um, and literally, I just try to get as much feedback, and that's kind of my my focus group. Um, is just people I know in that you know in those worlds that that are going to be exposed to it, and and if they gravitate towards it. And I've got a lot of friends that, that will tell me straight up, like, that's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. And I'm like, okay, thanks. Appreciate it. Thank you. Right. I yep, appreciate yep, that. Yep, Fuck move, you. Let's find something else. <laughs> I only spent two years on that, but appreciate it. <laughs> right. Um, so, uh, so, so, yeah, it's really, for me, it's more about, you know, kind of targeting who it's going to be for and, yep. and, and getting feedback from that standpoint. Um, and, and that's the other thing, man. Like, a lot of people get wrapped around their ideas, yep. and it's their baby. And if someone tells them they're wrong, it's, they'll just fight against it and, yep. it, and it makes it worse, you know? So I have no problem. If, I, if I've done something wrong, yep. if I've got a bad idea, if I've, you know, even with my stores, if I if I've had my employees do a process and they're like, "Damn, this doesn't work," I'm okay. Scrap. I, I take full responsibility. Let's let's move on. Let's let's find a uh, a new solution to the problem. Yep. So that's awesome. Yeah. Well, brother, I really appreciate you being in here. Yeah, appreciate and coming. Me, this is awesome. Let's yeah. definitely get you back in. Definitely. Um, so, if who wants to find you or those who do yeah. want to find you, they can find you on Twitter. At Dan G. Cox. Dan G. Cox, yep. And Instagram, then, same and, thing? Yeah, Instagram's Daniel G. Cox. Okay. I, I got into the game late, so I had to, had to use gotcha. two different handles. So, um, so yeah, Daniel G. Cox is, is Instagram. Yep. Um, that's probably my most, you know, what I put the most uh, content on. Your Insta, and yeah. really, yeah, it's, it's, it's going away from kind of the bachelor and bachelorette world more into nutrition. So sure. I kind of sprinkle it out a little bit. Um, and But with the new product lines coming out, you're going to see a lot more content. Uh, coming out and, and product reviews and things like that. And where can they start to find your products? For for the products, so uh, 
um, for the Total Nutrition stores, honestly, just Google Total Nutrition or go to uh, uh, totalnutritionlv.com um, and, and just get the phone number, call one of the stores. We don't, because we work with a lot of these manufacturers directly, we have retail exclusive contracts, so we're not allowed to put a lot of them online. Okay. Um, so, But we do sell them through the stores. We ship, like I said, ship across the country for free. So totalnutritionlv.com. Um, directly for Metcon, it's Metcon Supps. Dot com and then detox tcaps is detox tcaps.com uh wealthy uh which should be out in the next week that's yep. i'm wealthy.com awesome. so i'll post uh, about yeah, that too when I it comes out it, I'll, I'll certainly post yeah, thank you so much so cool. um so yeah there's plenty of stuff out there and, and ways to to reach me and if you're ever in vegas come by any of our total nutrition stores uh, we'll take care of you guys we work with a ton of athletes uh, a lot of the mma guys crossfit um and just just gym rats man if you you know if and, and i know we talked about it if you like if you like going to the gym and just throwing weight around yeah like do it man that's that's more yeah. than most people people are doing um and, and come in and get some products that that you get the most out of your experience in there so no matter what you're doing um you know we'll, we'll help you out with that awesome well brother yeah. i really appreciate you being here i respect what you do you know we've known appreciate each other for a long enough time i know if you're full of shit or not yeah. and you're awesome which is why you're here so thank you uh mr dan cox thank you for having and me of course ladies and gentlemen remember may 5th 6th 7th here in las vegas we have our next dolce diet certified event nsca nasm and afaa certified for all you coaches and trainers out there go to dolce.shop.com reserve your spot and i think we have four spots left so somebody by the end of this week will probably get locked in and until next time, don't count calories, make calories count. Boom! Cause you can't-